passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Baseball Dynasty Baseball Podcast here on Baseball America. This is your host, Jeff Ponce, a member of the Prospect Team. As always, I have my partner in crime and our lead fantasy analyst, Dylan White, alongside me. We're fresh off the first month of the season. We had the first full month update of RoboScout looking at pretty sizable sample there. We got four or five weeks, depending upon which league you're looking at. But Dylan, welcome to the show. How has uh, your week been? How was your fab yesterday? Uh, I did not take part in the the Bryce Miller extravaganza. I was merely an observer, so uh, it wasn't nearly as uh, a roller coaster ride of emotions as I saw many people were subjected to. Um, so I, you know, I I just nibbled at JP France and uh, was uh, content with that. <laughs> yeah, France is funny too because like he was a guy that I feel like in any kind of format you could have picked him up. He was actually available in my 30 team dynasty league, um, which is it's 20 prospects per team. Um, so it's not like it's one of these leagues where there's like a thousand prospects owned, but you know, um, 500 prospects owned is still uh, a fairly sizable group, of course. Um, and I think, oh, excuse me, 600 prospects owned. Sorry. My math was off there. Um, you're the math guy. Uh, but you know, he, he went for, I think $77 out of a hundred dollar budget or $200 budget, whoever grabbed him. Um, I think I had bid like 25, but I didn't think I necessarily would get him. I'm a competitive team and it would have been nice to add another starter, especially when I can move back and forth between my, uh, my minors and my majors, but that's a whole other thing. And I want to get into the scoring of my 30 team league. You guys don't really care about that, but let's talk about Bryce Miller because I put in bids for him on tout it was over $300. I wasn't even the runner-up. I don't even think I was the second runner-up. I think I was either fourth or fifth in terms of um, dollars laid out in bid. He went for like $350, $360. In my Earth League, which is my Nerf League, which is New England uh, Roto Fantasy, there's a bunch of those leagues. You know, They're all regionally done with some experts, kind of a, we'll say a TGFBI kind of style competition, same sort of scoring, same sort of rosters just sort of less groups or whatever. 
Um, and they're typically in-person drafts. We've been in uh, in-person drafting for a few years now. That one, I had won my Mason Miller. I was the runner-up bid on Bybee and some others, including Logan Allen last week. And this week, I tried to go pretty big on Bryce Miller. I think my, my bid was like $323, $330. And I did not win him. And it was not the runner-up. I think he went for, I have to double-check, I think it was 360 somewhere around there. Um, somebody put out a really big, big bid on him. So, uh, yeah, you know, as I said in our title here, Bryce Miller, half man, half amazing, all of your fab. He was really cutting into budgets. People were spending nearly 40% of their $1,000 budgets in these leagues um, or more. And if you look at remaining dollars, for some, it might have been closer to 50% of their budget, if not more. So um, I think if you look at the first two starts, the performance has been tremendous. Always been a Bryce Miller fan dating back to his time at Texas A&M. Do you think this is maybe a bit of an overreaction? We've now seen... We'll talk about Mason Miller and his unfortunate injury in a little bit. And we saw Tanner Bybee not have his best start today um, and, you know, sort of struggling a little bit with command. Uh, so do you think that these bids are maybe a little bit overreaction? And is it potentially the short window of the, the, the two starts that we saw for Miller kind of piggybacked in addition to uh, guys who maybe missed out on Bybee and also missed out on the first Miller Mason? Yeah, I think it's a bunch of stuff. I think the Jeff Zimmerman put out a tweet that like, basically, guys, this is the who you've got the pitching. There, there's maybe Liberatory, maybe Yuri Perez. But other than that, I mean, Gavin Stone will be back up. Maybe there, you are you what you have is what you have, basically. So this is kind of the perception was this is the last shot at the can. Also, going into Sunday's game against the Astros, it was sort of like, let's see how he does, because he beat up on the the Athletics, who are obviously not a, a strong offensive team right now. And so it was sort of like, let's see how he does against the Astros, you know, probably come back down to earth, and then he'll just be, you know, a regular kind of, you know, $90 bid or something. But he, he shoved against the Astros. And so... I think that kind of got everyone excited. So on one hand, you've got two incredible starts, but not only that, his like his IVB is like the highest above average of any in major leagues. I know before he he pitched like he wasn't even he wouldn't have even fit on the graph that you can look at on Savant. Um, so like the, the, the stuff, it's not just like the opponent he's facing or, you know, they can't hit left uh, right handers, stuff like that. It's like the, the stuff is legit and it's, it's, it's hot. So you have that. And then the other half is like his production in the minor leagues was not that compelling. Uh, maybe he was working on stuff. Maybe he's doing sequencing. I don't know, but like he wasn't getting K's in the minors. Um, so you have like, which, which side of the, of the fence do you fall on? Do you fall on the projections or do you fall on the two <laughs> short sample starts where the metrics are just popping? Very good question. Another thing is he's throwing like 70% fastballs and like, why wouldn't you if no one can hit them? Um, but you know, maybe, maybe they start catching on to that or maybe it's like Joe Ryan where, you know, they can't hit it because of just, they're not used to seeing a ball move like that. So what am I trying to say? I don't know. I really like them. I have like an in-season spreadsheet I use where I like download a bunch of metrics and I like crunch out some numbers and just kind of see rest of season, how he looks. And he's like in the top 20. 
even with 88 innings um, projected for the rest of the way, which is what Fangraph's um, depth charts is saying. Even then, because of his ratios and all that, he looks uh, he looks pretty good. So I, I wish I had Bryce Miller. I just I could not I could not justify paying like the 350 dollar price, sure. and I probably wouldn't have even got him. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I will say this too. I think like Miller's numbers this year weren't impressive. Um, I don't think he was working on anything. I think it was just a couple of bad starts. Um, but they were last year. I mean, he had a tremendous year last year. The strikeout rates were good. You know, pretty much a 30% strikeout rate guy. Um, I think the thing that people are noticing though is it is very heavily reliant on the fastball. The secondaries have improved since he was in college. The sweeper, what some people call the, sl- the, the slider or cutter. Um, doesn't really throw the changeup ever, you know, pretty much ever. Um, he gets most of his whiffs on the fastball, which is good, but is also bad. You'd like to see him get some more whiffs on, you know, the slider, uh, or the sweeper, if you want to call it that as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting to me, you know, I don't know if that's it because just kind of looking at the, the guys in our top 100, I think it's reasonable to think if there were some injuries that Gavin Williams could be up. Gavin Williams is a very desirable arm, especially we've seen the performance of some of these other guys and the kind of stuff he has. Bobby Miller's working his way back. It wouldn't shock me if Bobby Miller gets up to the major leagues. Um, you know, uh, I don't think we're going to see Tiedemann. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, Kyle Harrison has started to come on a little bit. He's in AAA. It wouldn't shock me to see Kyle Harrison, though I don't know how many innings Harrison would end up going uh, totally. Libertor, as you mentioned, I think is a viable guy to go after. He's had some major league experience. He has a deep repertoire. He's a lefty. Cardinals probably need it. I'm still shocked that they haven't gotten to the Libertor well yet. I think Owen White is kind of a sleeper, a guy that could potentially come up for the Rangers if there were some injuries. Uh, Louis Ortiz, uh, uh, yeah, Louis Ortiz has pitched really well. Um, you know, depending upon how you view Ortiz, we saw some success last year in the major leagues. So there's there's definitely you know, some potential options here as far as pitchers coming up and having an impact. And, um, you know, it's just, it's a matter of, uh, of, of when, you know, it wouldn't shock me if Yuri Perez comes up. I mean, Yuri Perez has been tremendous in double a, despite the ride ball and all the stuff, the benefits that he's had there, you know, we, we sort of dig into it a little bit. I, I, I think there's maybe some other guys that could come up and have some impact. I think there's some hitters that could come up and have some impact. I don't think we're, I don't think we're all the way there yet. So um, maybe there's a chance that there's some some worthwhile targets uh, to spend some money on. I hope so because they've all been on the AL side, and I haven't really been able to go after any NL guys that weren't drafted um, in my NL only league. So that's definitely something I'm looking forward to. Is maybe some of these pitchers coming up from the NL. Maybe Andrew Abbott, right? Abbott could certainly be up. He's had some uh, some performance despite leaving the Southern League and the ride ball and the benefits that we've had there. Uh, I know we don't have him in the docket, but certainly I think it's worthwhile to go and read Kyle Glazer's article last week. I contributed some research there looking at uh, the benefit of this, this pre-tacked, pre-sticky ball that they're using in the Southern League and its impact on induced vertical breaks, spin rates, uh, even on some velocity as well. But I think when you really see it is you see it with, you know, these, these more efficient fastball types where, you know, it's high spin efficiency. They're what we would call pronators and, you know, they're getting additional inches of ride. It seems like it's about two to three inches on average. 
Um, and there's been some outliers that have seen more. Uh, you know, Coleman Pro is a name that you brought up in your Robo Scout article uh, this weekend. And I think there's some more going on there than just the ride ball. But I do think the ride ball has kind of had a uh, a bit of uh, a, 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 of uh, a welcome mat or a bit of a cushion, if you want to say, uh, for him probably changing his four seam or fastball shape a little bit. There's got to be some grip changes or something there. Hoping that maybe I get an opportunity to uh, connect with Coleman Crow and sort of ask about what changes he might have made this offseason because I think that would be pretty interesting. But that's enough for the Bryce Miller Fabageddon. Uh, let's move on to some other promotions, some injuries, some news. And then we're going to dive in a little bit, I think, to the Robo Scout leaders uh, or after the first month, talk with Dylan about some names that are, are popping for him. But Drew Gilbert, Drew Gilbert, a guy that was on some. Um, Breakout list, I think it was on my breakout team, a guy that I saw in spring training that I like a lot, first rounder for the Astros last year. He's gotten the promotion to double A. Uh, he's not going to be in Asheville any longer, so we'll see how those numbers go. But, you know, Corpus Christi and the Texas League is another great hitting environment. So it's not like he's going to be tested uh, or, you know, uh, sort of brought into an environment that maybe uh, puts the numbers into question. I don't think that's going to happen here. Um Another Astros promotion, Ryan Clifford. He's up to high A. If I'm not mistaken, Dylan, he's a guy that's rated fairly highly on the RoboScout model. So with these two guys, any sort of thoughts? Um, are they maybe potential trade targets or waiver wire targets? If you're talking about Clifford, I would imagine Gilbert's probably owned in most dynasty leagues. But um, are these these names that you potentially be going after right now? Uh, in a dynasty league, yeah, they're both. Unfortunately, they're they're rostered in all my leagues. I looked for Clifford a couple weeks ago. I uh, just thought maybe someone, you know, he has an FYPD name, and then he just like he maybe he's not blowing the the doors off, and so they kind of just drop him because you know after FYPD, you have usually what happens is you have so many roster, uh, you have so many roster slots taken up, and you have to do a, a cut down, and then you have to make hard decisions, and then but you want to see you want to be able to churn during the season. So I thought sometimes. He may be one of the guys who were cut, but of course he was not. Long story short, so I would be going for Ryan Clifford. He he was he's top five in in low A hitters. Now going to to high A. I am curious to see how how he does. I I, I th- I've seen uh, anecdotally, apocryphally, you know, you go to a hard park and you kind of struggle, and then they they kind of can't get over it. <laughs> they they they. They, they don't realize how much the ballpark is affecting them. And so they get more frustrated. They, you know, try to hit harder and stuff, stuff like that. So I'd like to, I expect, you know, a little bit of an adjustment for the first week or so from him, but I think that the talent's just going to shine through. So I like Clifford. I do like Gilbert as well. I like all the Astro hitters. They always seem to um, overperform on sort of like the, the scouting reports, even the pitchers do like the JP France, like we were talking about. Um, so Astros always have a little bump, um, uh, an intangible bump to the, to the numbers. And so if they're doing well in the numbers then you know, get an even bigger bump. So I like both those guys. Yeah, for sure. And they're guys that stood out for me in spring training, got some video up of them up on my Twitter too. If you want to see some swings, uh, some open face tanks, uh, cause I think I had homers for both of them. Another one that's a big week for the RoboScout guys, uh, as it always is, right? That's the beauty of the model. Um, but Christopher Morell is back with the Cubs, back in the big leagues. Uh, this is good for a couple of my teams, my dynasty teams, where I had to stash him in the minor leagues, which wasn't ideal because I thought he was going to be a starter for me this year. Um, 
good player. And I think in a lot of leagues, he has second base and outfield eligibility, if I'm not mistaken, which is another valuable thing. Is this somebody that you potentially might be going after in fab next week? If he hits the ground running and you know that he has uh, some runway in terms of potential playing time, I think that they had demoted Nelson Velasquez, if I'm not mistaken, in a corresponding move. Yeah, I think for me, it's going to depend on the playing time. So before the call up, I think it was the GM um, was saying, yeah, I understand Christopher Merle's basically the best hitter in AAA right now, but you know, it doesn't make sense to bring him up just to sit on the bench. Like we'll only bring him up if it, if he's going to get playing time and then they call him up, which sounds good. But then I think David Ross said today that it's like, you know, we'll see how it goes. It's not just necessarily he's going to get full-time at bats and we don't want Nelson Velasquez down there either. Um, So they want him up. So like, I don't know what that means. So if he is not playing regularly, then I would be probably not bidding. If he's playing regularly, I'd probably bid. I touched on it in the uh, the Christian Encarnacion Strand portion of the RoboScout article that like Encarnacion Strand has incredible power, but his contact and chase isn't the greatest. And and Morel's the same thing. Like his 90th percentile exit velocity is like top four in AAA. But as we know, and as we saw in the majors last year, he does swing and miss a lot. So it's possible because contact quality is more important than contact. Um, if you're crushing it, um, that he will succeed. And he, you know, he has the speed and the power um, to be a very valuable fantasy con- contributor, but he could get exploited. So, you know, he lost his his friend, his Wilson Contreras friend uh, from last year. So, you know, maybe he'll feel a little more isolated this time. Now talking her into the psychological part of the game. Um, <laughs> you're getting deep into it. Is I that know. part of the model too? <laughs> yeah, he has a, yeah. I can't make a joke. I can't think of one. But I would, basically, if Christopher Morel is playing regularly, I would bid on him. As you said, he's got multi-positional eligibility and he is a power speed guy. If he's not playing regularly, then I, I would I would forego and not, and not bid on him. Yeah, and let's mention another Cubs name that got called up. Um, we had kind of hinted at it in the RoboScout a couple of weeks ago. I had heard some whispers that Mervis was going to be called up at the at some point last week, potentially the end of last week, that ends up happening. He does get the call. Um, small sample size. I actually ended up, I had Mervis in my labor league, and I really badly needed an outfielder because I had Kanan, uh, Smith, and Jigba uh, on my uh, on my starting roster. So that tells you how that league is going right now. Um, so I ended up trading Mervis for Andrew McCutcheon, which doesn't make me feel warm and fuzzy, but like my corner infield utility and first base spots were jam packed already. And there was probably no chance that I was going to be able to play Mervis. So this was just sort of um, optimizing off of an asset that I had and improving another position. So um, not my best moment, but one that I think will ultimately help my team. Um, What are your impressions on Mervis? And, uh, you know, I, it wouldn't shock me if he's here to stay. Um, they haven't gotten a ton of production out of the first base position. I don't know if he plays every day. I think eventually he probably hits his way into that role. Yeah, I think I think he is probably here to stay unless he struggles. I know it's very short, small sample size, but he's got a like forty percent K rate or something like that. No walks. Um, so if if he struggles like that, then uh, you know maybe they'll be hard pressed to keep him up. But I do like Mervis. I think he probably will 
play out the season, uh, play out the season at first base. Like Hosmer is not long for the Cubs, in my opinion. Um, 25 home run bat, pretty good batting average. Um, I do like him. I, I think I actually prefer McCutcheon the rest of the season. So I think you did well there uh, in redraft. But uh, yeah, I like Mervis. He went for 344 in my TGFBI league, which is very competitive. Very, uh, a lot of competitive bids. Bryce Miller was 380 uh, and Mervis was 344. So he was a, a coveted target this week. So yeah, I think he's he's like one of the big bats that's, uh, you know, probably assured in quotes of playing time uh, the rest of the season. So, you know, that's the type of people target uh, people go for. Yeah, absolutely. And you're from Toronto. We have some Blue Jays news to talk about. But before we get into that, Dylan, let's take a quick break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. That's why I use Indeed for our hiring at Baseball America. It allows me to do everything on one website. I get quality candidates. I can schedule them. I can interview them. I can screen them. I can send messages to them all within Indeed. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Just go to Indeed.com slash Baseball America right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. All right. I, I tease some Blue Jays news. We have some good news. We have some bad news. Do you want the good news or the bad news first, Dylan? Uh, am I going to be shocked by this news? Let's go with the bad news first. <laughs> I don't think you're going to be shocked by it because you saw the outline to the show about an hour at least before we started recording. So uh, Ricky Tiedemann to the IL. It is a tender bicep, bicep. Brain. I don't know if they specified what the injury is, but it is bicep related. 
Um, that's not great. I know that we had spoke a little bit about the lack of pitch count, the lack of times he's gone above 60 pitches since July 8th was the last time that he had gone beyond 60 pitches. Sure enough, he throws 63 pitches and there's an injury. So maybe they should have kept him below 60 pitches again this week. I don't know. But I, I think that there's been some stuff lingering with him. He had the shoulder issue in spring training that had him on the IL to start the, begin the season. And now we have this bicep thing. It's a little concerning that it's been shoulder and arm related. I don't know. I mean, I hope it's not because I want to be able to see some more Ricky Tiedemann starts here in New Hampshire very shortly. Um, but it feels like we're whistling by the graveyard a little bit right now that there's there's some red flags, some warning signs that there could be a bigger injury lingering here, uh, potentially in the future. This happens with pitching prospects. It doesn't change what the upside is of Ricky Tiedemann. But it is unfortunate because this is another pitcher, much in the same fashion as Andrew Painter, that we thought potentially could be up this year uh, and fairly early and contribute to a competitive team that could potentially need him for some big innings. Uh, and he would have been another Fabageddon type of guy that people would be spending, I guess, if they spent 350 plus on Bryce Miller, they'd be spending 450 on Ricky Tiedemann if he was going six and pitching well. So... What's your reaction to the Tiedemann thing? Are you is he a hold right now? Are you are you looking to maybe, you know, cash in while you can before there's a bad injury news if you're in Dynasty and maybe see if somebody can give you something that can help you now if you're a competitive team? I think it got a hold. I think if you tried to trade him now, I don't think you're gonna get the value you want. Um, and then if you wait to see if he's back, then you probably wouldn't want to trade him. Um, yeah, I don't know. Always these injuries that are like possibly pretending catastrophic injury. It's always hard to trade because it just seems so binary. Either it's going to be excellent and everything's fine or it's going to be terrible. And he's a zero for a year and a half. Um, so it's always difficult. I think you end up just being forced to sit to hold because you don't get sort of the offer or the uh, the opportunity to move him that you would want. So terrible news, possibly really sucks, especially for the Jays as a Jays fan. Um, Kikuchi is doing quite well, so it's okay. The, 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 it's cushioned a bit, the, the blow, um, but would have loved to see him, especially if we're in a, a pennant race coming up at the end of the season and being lights out, he would have been an immediate fan favorite. Um, and uh, yeah, just I uh, thoughts and prayers to Ricky Tiedemann. I hope that he bounces back and it's just a, a minor hiccup for his bicep. Yeah, well, let's get into the good news. It's another left-hander that you guys had drafted recently. Um, Brandon Barriera had his professional debut uh, last Wednesday night. Um, I believe he went four scoreless, hitless innings, if I'm not mistaken. Um, stuff looked really good. Mixing the four-seamer, the slider, do four change-ups as well. But it was predominantly four-seam and slider, which is what Barriera has been uh, dating back to his time in the prep circuit. Four-seam fastball sat 93 to 94 miles per hour. He ran it up to 96. Um, you know, good shape on that pitch. You know, wicked slider um, sitting, you know, 83 to 84, touched 86 miles per hour as well. Um, he actually got seven whiffs 
out of 11 swings, so a 64% whiff rate on that slider. Um, pretty remarkable that he threw it 17 times and had seven swinging strikes. So tells you about the quality of Barriera's slider. The four seam has power. He did get some whiffs on that as well. Um, fair amount of called strikes as well. So kind of a good good start, good good beginning to his career. Definitely very promising. You know, I don't know, depending upon the depth of your league and the depth of prospects, you know, rostered, um, he might be a name to potentially go after, maybe as like a secondary piece uh, in a trade in a deeper league. I, I don't think his value is quite peaked yet. He could be a guy that climbs very quickly up lists if he continues to perform very well uh, in low A, and there's no reason to think that he won't. The stuff is really good, and the Blue Jays obviously made a big investment in him last July. So uh, is Barry Era a potential target for you? I think probably the sample size is too small to have any meaningful sort of um, feedback from, from the RoboScout. Yeah, the the sample size is too small right now. I, I tend to stay away from the low A pitchers unless they are like far and away a tier above um, the rest of the class. Uh, he's not there yet. If he if he gets a few more innings and he continues performing the way he is, he may get there. So then maybe I would target him. But I just feel like he's like a first round, second round FYPD guy, and so. The person who drafted him is probably not likely to trade him easily. Um, so it's going to be hard to target him as well. I, it would be, I, I don't think he's just going to be thrown in just from the experience I've I've seen in my leagues. So it's hard. I would be possibly trying to get him of all sort of the low A pitchers. He's, he's like in that very short list of guys I would be targeting. Um, but I just don't feel that you're going to get him at the, at the, the discount that you'd want. Yeah, I think it depends what you're doing. I think, you know, a lot of this too is if you're a rebuilding team, these could potentially be targets and options for you. You know, I think it's the same with a Tiedemann injury. If you're rebuilding and you have a, a player that maybe wouldn't have acquired Tiedemann months ago, why not, you know, sort of take the plunge there? Um, all depends on how you skin the cat. But of course, we are we are talking about pitching prospects here and there is uh, – <laughs> There's a lot of uncertainty with pitching prospects, as we've seen over the last year. Um, another guy that was highly touted by Robo Scout. He got the call. He struggled for a little bit. He's now back in AAA with the return of Orlando Arcia. We're, of course, talking about Von Grisham. Um, what's your opinion on Grisham? Is Grisham a potential target right now for you uh, in in dynasty leagues? If you know you think you can stash him in your minor leagues or on your bench. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Like um, my gut feel with my bias is that, no, he, you know, he came up, had his chance to shine and then didn't take advantage. And so like, maybe he's never going to put it together, but that's just my homo sapien being stupid knee jerk reaction. I think rationally, this is exactly the time because the person who has Grissom is doing what I just described. So I think he is a, he is a buy low. I think people are frustrated by, the fact he didn't run with it when he had the chance and make it be a tough decision when Arcia came back. He basically made it a very easy decision for the Braves. So, yeah, I think in Dynasty, I think he's definitely still a target. He's only 22 in each 22 season. Like, that's a lot of baseball left in his body. And uh, I think I think he will I think he will bounce back and, and be the, you know, 
the uh, contributor in the major league level that we expect him to be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I agree there. And, you know, I think uh, it's unfortunate. He was kind of rushed last year. He had some initial success. And then this year there's been some big expectations placed on him. And I think a lot of frustrated fantasy managers that invested probably pretty early draft capital on him or potential dollars in an auction and haven't necessarily been able to reap those rewards. But I think that's the good thing about Dynasty is you can play the long game. It's just about acquiring as much talent as possible and being able to maximize those at-bats uh, with your major leaguers as well. So depends on the format. Um, we updated our top 100 for the real-life side of things. I think we're going to have a fantasy update coming fairly soon. Uh, I don't know if you had an opportunity to peruse the Real life top 100 and some of the adjustments in the rankings. Junior Camarero made a big jump into uh, into the 50s. I think you know maybe there's a case to be made he could go even higher. I think personally I might have had him a little bit higher, but you know we have feedback and a lot of other things and factors that go into this that it's not just mine or our opinions that uh, that takes a backseat to what we're hearing from scouts and the reporting etc that we're doing. Uh, Jackson Holiday up to seven. I saw Holiday this week. Uh, had three games with Holiday. Sat on Sunday, and he was uh, tremendous. Um, you know, I, I, not a ton of impact. Brooklyn's a very hard place to hit for left-handed power because it's right on the Atlantic Ocean. So the winds blow in pretty hard, and they benefit the right-handed pull hitters, but not necessarily the lefties. But Holiday, great at bats for the age. It was kind of remarkable how young he was in comparison to the other folks in that game and quality of the bats, the swing decisions are excellent. The bats of ball skills are there. I think he actually had three or four infield hits over the three games that I saw him um, just because when he gets in, they were well hit, you know, and just decent plays in terms of range by the infielders, but he's so quick out of the left-handed batter's box. I was getting four rows, four ones a handful of times. He flies out there. It's easy plus speed. Um, and I think the impact's going to come. So you look at the plate skills, contact, discipline. You look at that plus maybe double plus speed, plus the projectable power in that body. Um, he's a really interesting prospect. I think there's a case to be made that if you wanted to, you could rank him number one in fantasy or real life, and it really it wouldn't necessarily be wrong. Um, we're kind of at a stage right now where there's no clear-cut number one. He may push himself through the fray by July uh, if he continues to hit in high A um, and starts to show some more power as things heat up. You know, this, like I said, this might be a guy that potentially pushes himself into number one, and then it would be really remarkable. We'd have three consecutive seasons of number one prospects, all from the same organization, but different prospects. That has two in a row prior to the Orioles, I believe, has ever happened. Three in a row is definitely unprecedented. So, I don't know if you have any impressions, anything you saw in the top 100 you want to chat about, or we could finish up our news here and then get into some Robo Scout talk. No, I just, uh, Jackson Holiday after the high A promotions, just doing exactly what Robo Scout said he was going to do and what all the other scouts are saying. So, yeah, great for him. Definitely top 10 uh, on the fantasy side right now without even looking at who the possible other options are. Yeah, absolutely. And um, let's jump into some other names here. Manuel Rodriguez was on the IL. I believe that he's been activated for this week. Um, I don't 
think he played on Sunday. I didn't double check that though, so I could be mistaken, but I believe that, that was new news today. Um, Mason Miller hurt. This news broke this afternoon after I'd already set my weekly lineups and I think some games had started. So that wasn't great. Um, it's an elbow injury as well, and he's going back to Oakland. Anytime somebody throws 100 miles per hour and there's an elbow injury and he's been injured before, this is scary stuff. So, what is your heightened level of alert here, Dylan, with me? I, I'm pretty nervous. I, I don't think it's good news. <laughs> I don't think it will be good news. And the Oakland fan base needed good news. Um, yeah, I, I'm worried. I actually don't know if he's going to. I, I actually kind of think it's going to be the worst possible news. That's just my feel. Um, he's got, he's had the track record of the injuries. He throws so hard, uh, and we can't have good things. So yeah, I I'm, I'm quite concerned. Yeah. No reason to not be, I guess. Um, let's get into a robo scout though. We had the full month update. Who are some names that you want to talk about? Who have been some leaders? You know, we covered this, you covered this obviously yesterday in your, your weekly uh, fab robo scout update article but who are some of the big standouts through month one? Is there one sort of champion of the April Robo Scouting uh, that you want to highlight here? It could even be somebody that we've talked about in previous episodes. I think the the biggest one is Junior Caminero. No surprise to anyone. Uh, he just has huge separations from sort of the rest of the pack. And he, it's a continuation from last year too. The, the way Robuscout's designed is is only based on the single season year um, to find relative to level like these breakouts that you're seeing. Um, and he is definitely separating himself. So I think he's a huge one. You know, we had the opportunity to look at some stackass data, and all of that underneath the hood is <laughs> supportive of his of his results. So like. I'm very confident that, you know, this is not just, you know, a hundred plate appearances and uh, he's going to come back down to earth. I, I, of course there will be some regression, but like everything underneath is supporting what he's doing. Um, we talked about Andrew Abbott before. I know there was the Southern league pre-tech ball uh, situation, but in AAA, he's, he's third. I updated it uh, today just before uh, coming on air to have the Saturday and Sunday games added. Um, he's third in AAA, so with the the quote unquote normal AAA ball, um, he's still doing quite well. He's not dominating like otherworldly dominating like he was um, in AA, where that the separation between him and the next pitcher, which was Christian Mena, is was just massive. Um, but he's continuing it on in AAA, so I, I'm quite confident that I'm going to have him in the top 100 for fantasy, Andrew Abbott, despite. His home park uh, in the major leagues going to be uh, Great American Ballpark. I'm still quite confident he's doing well there. The, the big surprise for me, because I was a bit down on him coming into the year, is Matt McLean of Cincinnati. Speaking of the Reds, um, he is now, as after the update, uh, leading AAA. Um, he has nine home runs. He has eight stolen bases. He has a three four six slash. 178 WRC plus. He's got a lot of plate appearances. Like he's looking at like a 110 WRC plus with, you know, 25 home runs, 15 stolen bases. That's kind of what he's showing right now. And that's, uh, you know, that's pretty impressive for someone that I thought might be one of the 
the fall guys in the Cincinnati Reds sort of shortstop infield sweepstakes uh, with Ellie De La Cruz and Novi Marte and Jose Barrero and Edwin Arroyo, um, all that stuff. He uh, he he uh, he is up for the task so far this year. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm kind of all over the place with this sort of brainstorming, but uh, uh, Kumar Rocker I mentioned. Uh, he's number two in high A. That's really nice to see. He's got a 41% strikeout rate, uh, 6.7% walk rate, high ground ball rate, high swinging strike rate. These are all the things that I look for. A lot of swing and miss, a lot of strikeouts. And then also I like when he, he they also have a high ground ball rate. So, you know, he's not going to be, you know, home run uh, variance to death. So kind of like a good XFIP. Um, that's really nice to see. I, I really want to see Kumar Rocker succeed after sort of the, the trials and tribulations he's gone through. Um, yeah. That's a lot of uh, a lot of good names. If you want to get more of a deeper dive, you're going to have to subscribe to, to read the articles. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's my sales pitch. I, uh, yeah, I think... I think RoboScout is uh, doing a pretty good job this year. I, I'm quite, I'm quite happy with what uh, how the numbers are, are kind of farming out. I uh, like JP France. I, I want to tell a story actually about JP France. So on Sunday, last Sunday, so not this Sunday that just passed, but a week yeah. ago, um, when Luis Garcia was pitching Sunday night baseball and he had the injury, I immediately went to RoboScout and I just like filtered Houston and I like who are the top AAA guys? I like a Forrest Whitley. Oh, JP France. And how's JP France doing? And then, oh wow, he looks pretty good. And so I picked him up last week in my dynasty leagues, my 20 team dynasty leagues for like $4 or whatever in both leagues. And then this week, of course, because he pitched um, and he was a, a redraft target, he went in my other dynasty league that I didn't have room to bid on him for $77. So you know, save yourself some cash. You look smart for for beating the the crowd. Everyone's wondering what how's JP France already rostered on a dynasty team. Um, that's what this is for. That's what RoboScout does. So once we have the full functionality on the site, um, you know, you can you can do all these all these tricks that have helped me stay ahead of ahead of the pack in my dynasty leagues. And that should be coming soon. We're just uh, we're updating the website, and that's kind of in the the final throws over the course of this month. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping and praying that we're, we're looking maybe June or so, um, maybe early July where that's all set and ready. So, you know, it takes time to get this stuff going. A guy that's really interesting to me is uh, Ignacio Alvarez, um, you know, from Atlanta. You know, I know you mentioned him as well. Um, you know, he's got feeling ability, but he's hitting. I mean, the numbers have been been pretty solid, and he's a name that I think probably is a little bit underrated in dynasty circles. And I, you know, I was surprised to see that he's actually ranking above Class A. He's ranking above Jackson Holiday, Harry Ford, Yidi Cape, Sterling Thompson. A lot of names that have been pretty hyped up and ballyhooed. I wanted to use that word today. Um, He's definitely somebody I think I'm I think I'm targeting. I think I might be going after in, you know, a couple of leagues if there's a way that I can uh, you know, snatch him up some some shallower leagues where he's still available. Um, he's not a name that necessarily has all the fanfare that a lot of other players have. So um Ignacio is definitely uh, Ignacio Alvarez, excuse me, 
I'm telling him Ignacio like I know him personally. <laughs> nacho um, is his nickname. If you like Von Grissom, nacho, it is Nacho. Like, it's true. Yeah. Then you'll like Ignacio Alvarez. So yeah, I fully support support that. I picked him up too. That same JP France week, I grabbed him at the same time. So I definitely uh, definitely support going after Ignacio Alvarez. Yeah, and you had a couple of guys that were on my uh, underrated pitching prospects that are performing, that have ranked pretty high. Noah Cameron, Dylan uh, Ray being another one. I actually think I'm going to be talking to uh, AJ Smith Shaver in the coming weeks for one of the three-part series on my other podcast uh, because I am a polygamist apparently when it comes to podcasting partners. I have I have three wives or husbands, I don't know, whatever it is, um, partners um, <laughs> out there. And that's uh, for the new 90th percentile that I'm doing with Matt Pajak of Loden Sports, uh, who does athletic testing and sort of data-driven athletic testing on amateur players. And he's uh, a really interesting listen, but we're going to get AJ Smith Shaver on for another episode uh, as well to kind of follow up on this series. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's pr- any other names that you wanted to highlight here um, from your Robo Scout work. Otherwise, we can kind of wrap this sucker up. Uh, no, I think uh, you know I, I put the top ten of each level, hitting and pitching, uh, last week. I think I continue that. I may even open it up a bit more. Um, writing about the guys that are catching my eye, guys who have moved up and, uh, over the week, guys who I may have some supplementary information on that, that'll help me your bidding. Um, so yeah, no, I just, uh, I'll continue to plug away and try to bring value to the subscribers. Absolutely. Well, Dylan, I appreciate it as always. Another great week of work. Lots of names that are popping uh, more guys that the Robo Scout has highlighted and you have highlighted uh, that have been promoted up to the major leagues and have redraft um, value in the AAA, which I always think is one of the, we've talked about this before, but I think it's one of the really interesting benefits and underrated benefits to a model like this. Um, but to our subscribers, to our listeners, to our readers out there, uh, thanks for tuning in again this week. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We'll be back next week with more goodies. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.